everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who thinks Frankenberry is the most useless of the serial monsters, Derek Halpin. He's just a piece of shit. Frankenberry doesn't do a damn thing in that castle. There is no reality show that shows you what's going on in there, and I think it is not fair to say that about him. Like, we know that Count Chocula's running that shit, but you also gotta think that... I mean, Booberry might be a pothead. He looks like one, and that's okay, because I feel like he's got some Walter White shit going on. But Frankenberry, he does not have his shit together. Wait. Wait. <laughs> what, what does Booberry has Walter White shit going on mean to you? Like, I think, I think he's involved in drugs. Like, you think he is cooking crystal meth in the basement of a, a cereal castle? Yeah, but he's putting food on the table. Well, how do you feel about... Aren't there, like, two more? There's, like, a mummy or, like, a werewolf? I think there's Fruit Brute and there's Yummy Mummy, but you don't see those anymore. You only see Count Chocula, Booberry, and Frankenberry. So who's the real shithead? They got kicked out of the apartment. You know you gotta be a pretty <laughs> shitty roommate if Frankenberry gets dibs over you. Yeah. Or or maybe they were they were too good for that place. Hey guys, we talk about pro wrestling on this show. Hit our goddamn music. <laughs> That probably would have been a more appropriate conversation to have around Halloween rather than January. Hey, you know what? Sometimes I don't think about how to intro you until right before we do the show, and I'm pulling from our uh, our past. That's definitely what happened today. That's a deep cut. That is a, an argument you and I have had for many years at this point. I'll tell you something that'll make you happy, though. I've been laughing all week at the thought of you poking your finger in your dad's belly button and him asking you <laughs> if you're going to do it again. Just so you know, when I talked to him uh, this week, because I know he listens, especially this last episode, because he was ta- still once again talking about me bringing my mother to see Nick Gage. He did not bring that up, and I, I wonder if it's a sore subject. Like, he doesn't want to start a thing where maybe this podcast gets so popular that people in public are going to start, you know, putting the finger in there. I promise yeah. you, not worth it. Don't try. Yeah, I think Bruce Callender has no issue punching you right in the throat. If he's willing I mean, he to do to, <laughs> He did it to his own son. <laughs> Why would he give a shit what he does to a stranger? But, as I just mentioned, we are sponsoring Southern Underground Pro's new show. It is going to be this Sunday, January 20th at Basement East, 2 o'clock bell time, main event, Brett Eisen versus Nick Gage for the Bone Storm Championship. And I can tell you this much. I have purchased a ticket for my mother. So it is official. My mom is dead set on coming. The only problem, the only thing standing in the way of maybe the most awkward afternoon of my existence is 16 inches of snow in our hometown, Derek. Yeah, the state of Illinois, at least downstate Illinois, has been hammered pretty hard with snow. We got a little bit in Chicago, 
but we've actually we've got a bunch of more snow headed to, uh, this uh, weekend to the Midwest. That could ruin your plans. That could ruin my plans. It could mean I also uh, end up having an extra ticket to Southern Underground Pro. So lucky someone is going to be joining me. <laughs> How was your mother planning on getting down there to visit you and Nick Gage? Uh, a, a automobile. Oh, car. Ca- yes, car. Is it sometimes called? <laughs> I didn't know if she was flying or something of that nature. It's just, it's really starting to eat at me because it's making me think of, it's kind of a run, been a running joke in my family for many, many years that I'm the worst, <laughs> just, just the worst at my mom's birthday. Because when I was a child, I had to get her a birthday present. The movie The Mask had just come out on VHS and God knows I needed some Jim Carrey action in my life. What did you do? I bought my mom the mask on VHS for her birthday, and uh, she never for let you. me. For, yeah, I bought that for me. <laughs> but I, you bought it for her so you could open up. Oh, that's such a great gift. Let's watch it now. It. Yeah, yeah, and then took it to my room and watched it alone, I probably. Uh, it, makes per- it makes perfect sense that your family had no problem printing up shirts for us that said, you can't avoid how shitty I am now. Yeah, yeah. That's a, no hesitation. Hey, they are aware, but I felt like I needed to top that bad birthday present. And I'm not saying that the gift of Nick Gage is a bad birthday present. I'm saying this is a bad birthday present for my mother. <laughs> so your dad didn't bring it up at all. Not the belly button. He did like he brought it up once again. Like, are you sure this is a good idea? And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm I'm pretty positive it's bad, and I already feel uncomfortable uh, approaching Nick Gage with my mom. This is supposed to be a moment where he sees you step up and take like the reins and not put her in this situation, and you're failing that test. If Mother Nature works its course, then I don't have to be the one to, <laughs> to put the kibosh So you're on leaving it to chance. Yeah, so right now, maybe a 50-50 chance, but after the show, we're going to immediately come back here, and uh, you, me, and my mother are going to record a little bit so that you can quiz her on her thoughts on her very first wrestling show. I can't wait to talk with your mom after you traumatize her. It's going to be a little bit like a therapy session. I think, it, yeah. The talk afterwards is going to be like a therapy session. Uh, the actual being at the show might end up being the most uncomfortable I've ever been. We'll see. Are you going to be yourself? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that hesitation and that hum says so much. Well, that question just made me wonder, like, who am I? <laughs> yeah. You're a guy who's taking his mom to see Nick Gage beat the shit out of some poor soul. Brett Eisen, if you see the man's face, I promise you, you'd be like, that's not a poor soul. These are <laughs> Nick Gage and Brett Eisen look like they were meant for each other. Well, that should have been the tagline for the match. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like put, ca- it's like Casablanca with light tubes. Put Limp Biscuits my way <laughs> on a background of a promo package. Featuring those two with your mom as like a prop. This time I'm gonna let it all come out. I'm fucking gang related. <laughs> this time I'm gonna stand up and shout. Your mom, what am I doing here? Oh, fuck. Derek, you know what I did this week? Uh, uh no. I did something. <laughs> I, <don't. laughs> 
I did. My something. instinct was to say something filthy, but I didn't. No, no, go ahead. What do you think? I would say, did you jerk off, like behind your wife's back? Did you get in trouble for that? Is that a thing that people get in, in trouble for in marriage? Does she? Would she get jealous if you did that? This is this is an odd conversation. I don't think right. so. It's you you prompted it. I didn't say anything. Derek, you're being yeah. an instigator right now. Yeah. Did you turn heel? After the conversation I've had in the last week where Lowell has flat out accused you of being a heel on this show. Yeah. Hey, Lowell, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I have said nothing but nice things about Canada. Uh, I know I'm taking my mom to this wrestling show, but I've he's and he also said he accused me of being a heel but not knowing it. So I guess maybe maybe he's right. I don't know. Once again, I question. <laughs> so are you I, mad that he's right, or are you mad because you think he's wrong, Derek? Who am I? <laughs> Wait, that's been the theme of the show so far. Who are you, and who are you going to be? I think he's right, though. I think you kind of got off scot free for drinking for drinking the Jesus juice. Okay. If you didn't listen a few weeks ago, I've been doing the DDP yoga. I've been, you know, staying on course with this diet. I told Derek I wouldn't have any sugar until Wrestle Kingdom. I ended up going to going to church with my family on Christmas Eve. And I'll be goddamned if I didn't have to take that communion. Yeah. And you wanted to go, you tried to go get a, an army of people to vouch for you so that you could feel better an about yourself. An army. An army of folks. Yes, I You went had to the friends street. from across the country chiming in, be like, he's fine. He didn't do anything wrong. Jesus. That's what happened. And then Lowell and I came in and were like, ah. And here's the thing Lowell and I both agreed that you probably should get chopped for that. And you kind of agreed. You thought you were guilty. I thought I was guilty until the, uh, the people chimed in and said, I'm not guilty. But Lowell's the only one of us who's actually done the diet. His vote counts as like five million. Derek, I'll be honest. The diet is pretty loose. I am taking it harder <laughs> than it was even intended. What do you mean by that? What have you been doing? How, no, I'm s- update everyone how it's been doing that because you're over like you're almost two months in. Yeah, still can't kiss my penis, but that's you know I've been trying. <laughs> DDP says, you know, maybe you can't do something. Check back with me in a couple weeks. I'm finding myself getting angry at the people in the background of these videos. Why? Espe- especially the ones that I've watched since the beginning, like watching this guy named Arthur fake laugh at DDP's jokes. He doesn't think it's funny, and I can tell on his face. You're overacting, <laughs> Arthur. Step it down a little. He was given a place on that DVD, so... He was a spot right behind Diamond Dallas Page. And you know what? Right at the beginning of that video, he says, Arthur, your heart rate's too high. You got to go down a little. So already I'm like, Arthur fucks around too much. (laughs) I don't know. Arthur's a success story. What the fuck are you? I had communion and I'm going to get chopped. (laughs) (laughs) What what, what did you do this week? What do you mean what did I do this week? You started off by saying, you know what I did this week? And I made a, a filthy joke about you jerking off behind your wife's back without her permission. And then we got sidetracked. What did you do this week? I did something I haven't done in many months. I watched a full episode of Raw and SmackDown this week, Derek. That's more than me. I did watch Monday Night Raw, and I quite enjoyed it. It was a surprise to me, Derek. And, uh... There are certain things in that show that make me think there's some people at WWE listening here. 
Do you think so? <laughs> You're talking about a couple people in particular. Oh, I don't know who. Somebody in the writing team, somebody is listening, and they're pushing that jizz on us. They Wait. are. <laughs> I don't like when jizz gets pushed on me. It, Derek, <laughs> calm down. Uh, but... It's Royal Rumble season coming up, man. We predicted that the product would get more watchable as we got closer to Royal Rumble. It and... is, it's starting to be that time to tune back in. It is, and I think the AEW stuff is pushing them in the direction we wanted them to go a long goddamn time ago. Derek, has anyone had a we? I'm not done talking about this yet. This is this is a whole conversation that needs to be had. We have right. been talking about heavy machinery is Otis and Jizz for months <laughs> since the beginning. I think that our enthusiasm for these two is getting them over. I think that got to move to the main roster. And I think our focus on this one man has helped get him ahead of his buddy. You think someone on the writing team listens to predetermined to pro wrestling hangout and is like, yeah, we're calling up heavy machinery and we're pushing jizz hard. How else would you explain Otis Dozovich or however you say his name? How would you explain his main roster debut, Derek? It's the weirdest, most awkward, unnecessary thing I've seen in a long time. But it like, comes back around to fully necessary if you listen to this show. So for most people, it's unnecessary. <laughs> for those, you know, seven or eight it's, people listening to this, uh, this is this is just fucking art. This is beauty being painted right in front of your face. So Jizz is Otis, and Otis is Tucker. Yes, and Tucker, it appears, is going to be forgotten. It's only going to be Jizz that remains. Okay, so to set this up, Alexa Bliss <laughs> is doing her show. Uh, she has Paul Heyman out there talking. They unveil the women's tag titles. They've been out there for several minutes at this point. And First, can we stop and talk about that for a second? The titles look beautiful. Oh, the titles look incredible. They are probably Good for them. Yeah, those are the best tag titles I think in WWE right now. And did they announce how's that going to work? Is it going to be Raw exclusive? Are they going to be on both brands? I assume they're going to be on both brands. I didn't. I don't feel like I heard them bring it up on SmackDown, but maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention. Right. So Alexa Bliss is out there doing an interview with Paul Heyman about who Brock Lesnar is going to face at the Royal Rumble now that Braun Strowman's not doing it. And what do we get? Jizz, a.k.a. <laughs> Otis Dozovich, stumbles out onto the stage. Like, it's not even like the camera's ready for him and he's in frame. You just kind of see his head pop up in the background and you're immediately just, you know, filled with shock because uh, he genuinely looks like he's stumbled out. Then he walks over to the tag titles and starts to make sounds that I remember like this. <laughs> Pretty lady. He sounds like Farmer Fran from Waterboy. Oh broke my. Garrett. Uh, that voice hurts. <laughs> Have a drink. It's they've created this like insane, unnecessary Adam Sandler, Chris Farley hybrid. So he comes out, just makes noise with his mouth while saying He sounds like a toad climaxing. He yes. Yes. 
Pretty That's the lady. only way I can put it. Pretty lady. He is become the personification of the word jizz. And there yeah. was a, there was a time when I was like, you know what? I'm gonna feel bad when this gets back to Otis that we're calling him jizz. Not, nah. I don't feel bad anymore. <laughs> you know what? If you want to tag him and say this show's been calling you jizz, that's fine. I don't care. Yeah, I really don't think it's gonna get us in any trouble. No, not anymore. He's acting like a jizz. He is acting like a full jizz. And I guess I kind of like it. So Tucker's job is to take on the name of Otis officially. <laughs> like that's he's got to hold that job down. Nobody gives a shit about Tucker. And I'm going to go ahead and Tucker, tell you, no one's going to notice if he changes his name. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Tucker, no offense, bud, but you're being sh- you're being overshadowed by a big pile of jizz. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the truth. And well, I can say. As soon as I saw that, I heard, I heard reports that that segment was awkward. Namely, everything about it was kind of weird. The only thing that kind of made sense is that it kind of makes sense for Alexa Bliss to be involved in the unveiling of the Women's Tag Team Championships. Why Paul Heyman was out there is weird. And why in the holy hell is that the debut of anyone from Heavy Machinery on the main roster in that segment? You're right. It just those noises are exactly what you would expect our joke to to fit into. A lot of bees, a lot of grumbling, and then some he, weird eyes. He followed it up with just gripping his hands actually in a DDP yoga pose like he's pulling back this invisible weight and just shakes yeah. his face not unlike Chris Farley might do and go like <laughs> Why is why why is he coveting the women's tag team championships? Was he confused? Because he's a creepy weirdo jizzy perv. <laughs> and Derek, Jizz, who I assume had never flown on an airplane until Monday night. Uh, oh be- yeah. Because he was also, Derek, in the opening segment of SmackDown. Yeah, he's pulling double duty. Oh my God! It pans over. Becky, uh, Becky Lynch is coming in. She's being a dick to people. New Day is staring at Otis and Jizz, who are standing over a blender. Jizz uh, is now like squeezing a pack of tuna into it. They're dropping eggs. They're putting ham. They're putting all this food in, and they blend it up it, because you know Jizz is a garbage monster. Jizz yeah. makes sounds like a fool, and he eats diarrhea. Like he mm-hmm. is, he is a human Jizz. He's a human jizz. But New Day thinks he's gross. Jizz is yeah. drinking his thing. He hands his gross drink to Becky Lynch, who takes a drink, not phased, says it's too weak. And then Jizz in the background, I feel like you can hear him going like, The man is jizz! The man is jizz! What the fuck happened? Like, I didn't expect them to have major success on the main roster, but it was like, it was like the the people working for WWE were just like, fuck it. They want that to be the joke. Give them the joke. And you know that backstage McMahon was laughing so hard. Like, the fat make the fat one eat trash. Make the fat, <laughs> make the one, fat eat tra- one eat trash and then make ribbit noises. <laughs> what the fuck? Send the fat one out to fuck with Paul. Send him, send him, send him. Walk out there. Walk out there like you're lost and act dumb. <laughs> act like a jizz. 
<clears throat> that means Paul Heyman was involved in two really awkward segments on Raw two weeks in a row. What did he have to do last week? Well, last week was that awkward Braun Strowman Brock Lesnar interaction where Braun has zero charisma and they decided to run him out there with no script anyway. <laughs> fuck it. And then what happened? AEW was announced and they're like, fuck. Get the jizz. Get the jizz. I'm coming for you, beastie boy. I that's a mm. just shut the fuck up. Like it's like the fans have been crying for the longest time. They're like, hey, you don't have to script all these guys. A lot of them are pretty witty. They've got some charisma. Let them go out there and cut their own promo. And what Vince heard was they want to hear Braun Strowman without a script. That's what they want to hear. And he goes out and he's like, fuck. I didn't think what what have I called them before? And fucking credit to Brock and Paul. They're just like, really? That's it? This is fuck. So, well, he's back to doing the shit that he used to do, though. He's flipping over vehicles and smashing shit. And that's what he's good at. It is what he's good at. And maybe maybe it'll help him out. Let's talk, well, but let's actually talk about Monday Night Raw, because we haven't done something like that in a long time. I'm actually there pretty w- excited about this. And also a little mad. And you confirmed more theories. Go. What what theories did I confirm? Derek, since the beginning of this show, I have been asking for Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah, you have. I've been asking for it since before this show existed, which probably feels like about two years. <laughs> Just under one. Uh, no, I mean like wanting this match before, you know, we started the show. Right. Like, I've wanted but- this like at least two years now. And like you said, you'll get what you want, Garrett, but it's going to take about two years. Yeah, it takes some time. When you scream at WWE about what they want or about what you want, they hear you and then they've got to like beam that message back through light years of space. It takes some time and then they eventually give you what you want. And, And I'll credit them. I mean, that's more that's more of a joke than anything. I don't actually think it should take them that long. I just don't know why it does consistently, but some combination of i mean they did make the announcement a few weeks ago before the holidays that they were going to change things and you're going to see them push new faces and call people up like jizz and ec3 and mickey cross but most importantly they pulled braun Strowman out of the universal championship picture at royal rumble and they uh, had a fatal four-way on raw to determine who was taking his place oh they got it right oh boy did they get it right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Finn had to fight two matches. That's how you, you fast track a guy to being a badass. That's how you fast track him. That's Have him win two. Well, and they did that before because it wasn't there the first time he won the uh, Universal Championship. Didn't he? He had to beat like Roman Reigns and somebody else in one night. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's right. That's what happened right before he won the Universal Championship. You're exactly right. And guess what? He was very, very over. So, like, we'll have him pin gender, then pin Cena. Yeah. It was, and here's the cool thing. Um, if this is the res- we we talked about this as being a hypothetical situation that when the AEW stuff started, that WWE could respond and they could change their format and they could start doing things differently. And that seems like that's what's going on. Now we have to give it some time to make sure they're not just fucking with us for a couple weeks. They've been known to do that, too. <laughs> um, but this was a good episode of Raw, and it's the fatal four-way for determining that spot was between Balor, Cena, Baron Corbin, 
Andrew McIntyre. And, I mean, they, they had Cena cut a good promo talking about all the guys that have left Vince and High Dry in the past. And I thought the thing he touched on that was really good in that promo was he mentioned how he said like 20 years ago. It wasn't that long. It was just like four. It was uh, 16, maybe. Either way. Yeah, there was a time period where Rock and Austin and even Brock Lesnar left, and they were left with guys like Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit and John Cena and some of these other guys that it was a pile of misfits and guys who didn't look like your typical WWE main eventers. And they made the best out of that situation. It was, And that's that was the ruthless aggression era, man. There was a lot of people that came out of that time period that had success that you wouldn't expect. Even JBL, goddammit. JBL got a title run during that era. I'm not saying that's a good thing. But that's, I mean, you're not there. Why would he do now. that? It sounds like a South Park character, but I can't remember which one. <laughs> Is it Scuttlebutt or something? I don't they know. Took their yeah, that's what he sounds like. So, I mean, I think they, they are in a similar situation right now. They've lost Reigns. They can't have Lesnar around because of whatever bullshit deal that they decided to give him. And they kind of fucked over Braun Strowman, wouldn't you say, over the last <laughs> 12 months? If there was a time that they could have put that belt on Strowman, and he would probably still be over right now. Yeah. But I, th- but I, I do think that we got to see that weird fluctuation where he went from being insanely over as a babyface, and then for whatever reason, they had him team up with Ziggler and McIntyre and turned him heel. Like, I didn't understand that. And then when Reigns went down, they're like, oh, just kidding. He's still a baby face. Cheer him. Yeah, and I I'm still, kind of forgot I'm about still that. Not, and I'm still not convinced that people felt like what he was doing to Kevin Owens was justified, where he was just being a bully for three months. Somebody who clearly wanted was not instigating him, wanted to stay as far away from him as possible. Well, that's, I think it... Well, that was yeah, at SummerSlam. When, wasn't that during the KO... Uh, Braun Strowman time and it was for who got to keep the briefcase or something yeah and I had a friend with me who doesn't watch wrestling and I remember asking her at that time since you don't watch looking at these two guys and the story you just saw on the screen building up to this who's the bad guy and she's like well the big one's being mean to the fat one it's like yes (laughs) you're right Oh, I just think they, and and we've talked about it ad nauseum. Braun Strowman fits the Vince McMahon mold and for whatever reason, just never pulled the trigger on him. But, you know, Cena cuts that promo saying that, you know, they had a time where they had a bunch of misfits that they needed to have somebody step up and to have Finn Balor come out and cut the promo he did where he said, you've never believed in me. And Vince coming right out and saying, you're not as big as these other guys. You don't have as much meat. Jizz has got some meat. Oh, he just kept saying, it was like, <laughs> what did he kept, keep saying to Finn? He goes, Finn, I mean, look behind me. This is, this is a lot of beef. Look at all this beef. <laughs> look at all this beef in this and ring. He said beef what felt like an, like 70 times, but I'm yeah. sure it was only like three or four, but I just kept hearing like, look at this guy. Don't you want to fuck this man? I want to fuck this man. Look at those They're abs. juicy. Look at these. Look, watch look at that ro- baby oil. Watch this. I'll oil this man's chest. This is, this is Drew. Galloway McIntyre. Ah, uh, uh, so big, Finn. Giant. You have abs, but where's the beef, Finn? Where's the beef? <laughs> and then books him to win anyway. So, 
So, but it does it does answer an interesting it does answer an interesting question, which is that has Vince I've I've brought this up before. Vince has to be aware of the public perception of or the fans' perception on how he books and who he prefers, right? Because they wrote that into a segment. Yeah, he know he knows that everyone thinks of him as I'll never push the small guy. I like big guys. So they made a segment out of that. But what scares me is remember when all this news was coming out about Finn Balor and uh, they were saying he was coming up for a limited push. Is that right. is that limited push just we get to see him do this through uh, Royal Rumble? I guess. I mean, and, and then maybe there's the possibility, if you remember, it was announced a while back that at least one of main event talent from WWE was considering hopping to AEW. Maybe this is them milking that last. It could if he if his contract is up, this could be them milking that last drop out of Finn Balor. Or is this them trying to get him to stay? It could be that. It could very well be that. I mean, doesn't this have more to do with Braun Strowman failing last week, and them realizing that nobody really gives a shit about Strowman Lesnar again? This is an actual interesting matchup. I mean, that we have one week to build. Yeah, they have one. They have one show in between, but that's fine because they'll probably get a rematch out of it anyway, right? They're not just going to do a one and done. I mean, they've done it in the past, I guess, but I don't know. I mean, didn't the last time when, uh, well, th- they made it seem like it was going to be that way when Roman beat. I guess no, Roman did. Wait, when the fuck did that happen? They fought. They like did six- a Samoa Joe match against Lesnar, and it was a one and done. Okay, but he didn't take the title from him. So no, like usually if Brock beats you, you. You move it's on. Over. Well, unless you're Roman or Braun. <laughs> right. That's what I don't understand. Like, This is one of those uh, things where it's like, Derek, can you explain the rules of wrestling? Yeah. Like, if you make a really compelling case the night after you lose, you get a rematch. But that being said, what else good happened on the show? I guess the, the Intercontinental title change with giving that to Bobby Lashley is interesting. Getting that out of that Rollins-Ambrose feud, I think, is the right call. Yeah, they seem like they're going to just keep doing their thing, and that doesn't necessarily need a belt on it. Uh, I did figure out why Bobby Lashley's, like, so weird to look at. I wish he had... <laughs> Is that something you've been feeling for a while? No, I just figured it out uh, last night while I was watching. Okay. No hair. Yeah? Nothing. <laughs> completely Not hairless. All. Just yeah. completely silky smooth. And oiled up. I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't do it for me. I need a little well, bit of hair. Big, I'm not a big Bobby Lashley guy myself, but... <laughs> Even in the How promo you... before the match, Seth Rollins goes, look at that physique, Bobby Lashley. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically... <laughs> yeah, that tells the story of Bobby Lashley. Do you think Bobby Lashley... Okay, I started thinking about this. What could we do to make him a more interesting character? Do you think if we uh, went back to the 80s, and gave him a job that that would, that would make him a more interesting person. I think I don't know. I I remember when he first came to WWE over ten years ago, like tw- like twelve thirteen years ago. I remember being excited about him. I remember thinking that oh he's like he's almost like a Brock Lesnar type, big ripped guy, athletic. He can wrestle, and. He could have been a replacement, and at the time, I remember thinking it like that. He can take Brock Lesnar's spot. I think when they brought him in, I thought that's what they were going to use him for. 
as a, as an opponent for Lesnar because he could match up with him size wise and athletic wise and just he's never gotten off the ground because I this is the problem we're we're running into this situation where you're seeing a clash of pro wrestling cultures happen in WWE where they're trying to figure out a way to make a guy like Sami Zayn have a feud with a guy like Bobby Lashley and there's a segment of the pro wrestling fan base that still likes the big guy that still likes the guy who's got like a 22 pack and is jacked to the max. But then there's this, there's been this growing trend of people who just like smaller, normal size pro wrestlers. And they care about those guys being athletic in a different way. And when it plays out on TV, it never looks, it just looks awkward. Like I, and I, the only reason I think Finn Balor, Brock Lesnar works is because it's almost like a, an interesting twist on David Goliath where David actually has like a superpower to, to even the score. And you were saying I, nobody has beaten the demon yet. Yeah. The be- the demon's undefeated and it would be shitty. To have the demon come out and get beat by Lesnar. Like, or is this how you get your two matches? He comes out as Ben Balor, gets his ass beat, gets a rematch, comes back as the demon. I mean, you could you could totally do it that way, but I, I, I was texting back and forth with you today, and I think I don't think you can have Lesnar walk out of Royal Rumble with the championship and th- have things still be interesting. Because then everyone's going to ask, well, what was the point of ha- just why didn't Finn show up from the get-go? as the demon and the, and, and you you could still ask that question anyway. And I think that's the problem Vince has probably had with the character from the start, which is he doesn't understand. It'd be like if sting showed up sometimes with the face paint and the badass attitude. And other times he was just beach surfer sting. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a weird take that essentially he has to go super Saiyan. That's a dragon ball Z reference for those who don't know. He goes Super Saiyan occasionally in really big matches, but then the rest of the time he's okay just getting beat as a man. I And they've set it up so that you can have regular Finn Balor come out there, have a really good match against Lesnar, maybe pull off some tricks where he hangs at least, and maybe Strowman can cost him the match. Strowman can cost Brock Lesnar the match and cost him the title. And that makes their situation interesting again. And then you can get your second match out of them by having Finn have to defend the Universal Championship again, but this time he's the demon. And then, because to me, you one of the things that you complained to me about when you were talking about this, you say you're frustrated, you've been waiting for this Balor-Lesnar match for years now. And you said, I would have liked to have seen this match instead of one of the million Roman Reigns versus whoever matches in the main event at WrestleMania. But it's the same thing with Lesnar right now. Nobody really gives a shit who, I don't care how marquee value his name is, who are you going to put him in a Universal Championship match against at WrestleMania that people are going to be, oh man, oh man, I can't wait to see Lesnar defend that title. Like the only interesting outcome you can have out of the Rumble is if they change the script entirely and they have Balor be the guy like he was supposed to be. You mean have Balor... Oh, you mean go in and win the belt, or you mean like enter the Royal Rumble as well? No, I mean, I think Balor needs to win the Universal Championship. Okay, this also just made me understand why they always say Royal Rumble event and Royal Rumble match. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry guys, for busting balls on that. I, I see now that it is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
no, I just like it's. I told you when AEW made their announcement, if WWE wanted to, they could flip the switch and they could make things interesting if they wanted. We well, have to wait and see if they actually do it. And I would argue to say that the, I mean, all of SmackDown wasn't great, but uh, Andrade Cien Almas, whose new name is just Andrade, uh, it had a match against Rey Mysterio that was awesome. It was actually. I heard it was a barn burner. It was so good. It's something that you wouldn't expect to see on Raw. There were so many. I mean, it was definitely a lucha match. It was very high spotty. There was a moment where, let's see, Rey Mysterio was on the top rope. Andrade was on the apron. He jumped down oh, and gave him a hurricane rana? rana to the floor. Ugh. That was great. I saw and then that. They busted out a Canadian destroyer. And did he say Mysterio did it last week, too? So I, I can't remember what match I was watching on Raw last week, but somebody busted out a pile driver. And Corey Graves flat out called it a pile driver because it was. And I just remember being like, oh, shit. Things have changed. Like, do you think there's going to be, since that's Ray and he's a, you know, a legend, a veteran in the ring, he, that they trust him with that now? Or, or do you think we're going to get to see Kurt Hawkins give a pile driver anytime soon? He, something that I've, always, I've been thinking about at least the last few weeks um, is WWE does Raw and SmackDown, and then on their weekends they do their house show events. And a lot of times the house show events are kind of like practice or like they're almost like a warm-up for the pay-per-view matches that you're going to see. And it's a chance for guys to work together. And a lot of times you'll see better matches on the house shows because they have more time, and that's what you're there for. But it, it wouldn't kill them for a while to to go a little easier on the house shows and start putting on really killer stuff on TV to advertise the product and to get people excited about it again. Do you remember however many months ago it was when they opened with that gauntlet match where Seth Rollins was freaking amazing? Oh, he fought for it like the entire first hour of Raw. <laughs> Right. It had people talking. And it opened I mean, the show with an hour of pro wrestling. Right. And it's one of the things that always confused me. When when they decided to reinvest in bringing back the cruiserweight division, I thought, oh, shit, they're going to try to do, like, where WCW had, like, time for cruiserweights on Nitro. And it's a great way to start a show. But for whatever reason, they opted to give the cruiserweights their own show on the network where you have to hop off of your... Well, if you're watching something on cable, you have to boot up whatever you're watching WWE Network on. Like To me, it's just kind of a pain in the ass to access. I mean, people do it, but the cruiserweights were originally supposed to just be part of Raw. And I think people want to see that. People are talking, like you said, people are talking about how great the Almost Mysterio match is. I think they have a place on the show, and I think, we. how many times have we talked about people want to watch pro wrestling? And that's the whole reason that AEW was able to find that market. And that's why they're coming into being is because people want to watch that. They don't just want these segments. They want that. They, they're fine with seeing those, but they, want to, they don't mind opening up a show with a good wrestling match. And I guess, you know, they gave us that on SmackDown. On Raw, they gave us two Finn Balor matches that were important. They gave us a couple and women's matches, too. What uh, were the women's? Oh, they gave us Ronda and Sasha. Right. Well, they gave Ronda and Sasha against Nia Jax and Tamina. And then they gave the Riot Squad against Natalia, Bailey, and Nikki Cross was the surprise third partner for them. Do you think she'll do well on the main roster? I, I mean, it had been a while since I had watched. I have no idea. Because, like, even when Sasha Banks came out, you know I love Sasha Banks. Yeah. But... 
I mean, unless she's been on the show a lot more lately, while I haven't been watching, it just seems like so many new people have come on that it's weird. Like, I feel like, oh, yeah, she's coming back. Like, you know, it, no, I'm meaning like with Sasha, like Sasha coming back. So it's like, I don't I don't know how anyone fits there because I've at this point, it feels like Nikki Cross has already been on the show and it's hard to believe she's just now there. Well, I could have sworn she had a moment on SmackDown, too, a few weeks back. Uh, she had one this week as well. She was behind a cage yelling nonsense at uh, Rey Mysterio. And wasn't EC3 both on Raw and SmackDown, too? Wasn't he in line outside Vince's office? Yeah, and then he once again on SmackDown, like, he was looking at himself in a mirror when Samoa Joe walked by. So I think they're not... I guess the only one they haven't shown us is Lars Sullivan, which I imagine will debut at the Rumble. Here's another question I asked when I was watching Raw. When did Tamina wind up on Raw? Like, did she get traded? Was there, was there to say, just casually send her over there? What match was it that she was kind of teaming with Nia Jax? Wasn't that at a pay-per-view? Yeah, I don't know. Was it, well, was it during one of the, one of, like, the... Oh, it was, like, Survivor Series. Didn't she just come back? Like, she was just, she was, like, a surprise like fifth person or something. I don't know. I, maybe it was during one of the rumble matches or something. Maybe they had like a battle Royal and she came in and they were doing stuff together. Either but way, you can tell how much wrestling there is to consume and how hard it is to remember all of it. Yeah. There's a lot going on, but I just, Tamina was a SmackDown superstar. And if you're going to bother having the two rosters and the shakeups and the drafts and all that stuff, like you kind of have to abide by the roster. And then they, they're like, fuck it. No, we don't. And they're like, Somebody's sick. Let's call over AJ Styles to do a job to Finn Balor. Derek, we're transitioning into a better show. <laughs> we're in a transition period. It's getting there. We were just talking about how good it was, and now we're talking about Tamina. Well, we can talk about something that happened uh, a few days ago. What's that? And NXT UK TakeOver. The internet what did you was think? a bu- you, you 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 have a lot to say about the show and one of our favorites ended the show so I didn't watch it live when it aired I saw the internet buzzing about it so I hopped on uh, I think the next day or the next couple days later and watched I don't know what it is I just NXT UK is not over with me yet and I kind of as I was watching the show figured out what it was because I know they're using a lot of the progress roster but. They really only have a couple people I care about over there. And it's going to really take, I don't know. I honestly don't know what it's going to take to get a lot of these guys over because they have so many of a specific looking guy on this brand. And do you just think everybody looks bland? Everybody looks like like their parents. Derek, we're just looking at British jizzes. (laughs) There is. Do you feel that way about Pete Dunn? No, 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 no. Let me, let me just say there's so many big hairy guys. There's Mastiff. Which I believe is probably the jizziest of the bunch, if you're looking at them. <laughs> and then there's a faction called Gallus, which is the Coffee Brothers, two big hairy dudes, with yeah. a guy named Wolfgang, who is a big hairy dude. Sorry, Wolfgang, you jizzed. You jizzed, buddy. <laughs> it happened. And looking at all these, I'm just, there's no d- diversity of what these people look like. Are these all the villains? Why do I have to care about every single hairy guy? It is just... It is a bear fest over there. If I showed this roster to my friend Brad, <laughs> I promise you, 
he would not be able to make it through an entire episode of NXT UK without masturbating. Wow. Brad was the... Brad was Mr. Leather LA. He won a contest for being the best bear. And I feel like he, I'm going to send him a picture and have him write a response to what he thinks about these guys cuz he is a uh, he's going to be aroused. I'm just saying NXT UK has a very specific market and it's my friend Brad. But other than that, Miss, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the show? <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Like, but actually talk about NXT UK TakeOver. I mean, there were some good matches on the show. Finn Balor had a surprise appearance. Mustache Mountain had a hell of a match to open the show. Uh, one of the most common complaints I was hearing from people who still love the show is they thought the matches were too long. And the that, opening tag match, I want to say, was like 24 minutes. Yeah. Which, is that a long match, or is that long for a WWE event? I don't know. I remember when we saw NXT TakeOver Chicago, and we watched uh, Undisputed Era take on, um, God, the opening tag match from it that was show. Biff, uh, Biff Busey, or Oni Lorcan. He used to be Biff Oni Lorcan, yeah. Yeah, and uh, another British fellow. That was an opening tag match that went pretty long and was awesome. And I thought that this one was awesome as well. I really enjoyed it, and it was for the tag titles. So to me, it made sense to have a good long match for the you know to crown the tag champions over there. Right, especially for an opening match. That's never been a problem. Yeah. No, I thought it was good. That and the main event were both very long. The main event ended up going about 34 minutes, I believe. Um, two things from that show. How did you feel about that powerbomb on the apron from Joe Coffey to oh. Pete Dunne? So the thud from that, he was such a hard hitting son of a bitch that Joe Coffey stopped being a jizz that night. <laughs> that he was upgraded. the, he upgraded to Joe Coffey and I will call him Joe Coffey from now on. He won me over, but it's going to take a bunch of those matches for me to like this entire roster. <laughs> right. Uh, but just so many big, you know, things were like Pete Dunn's flying and he's just punching him out of the air. It was just. It was really hard hitting. It was aggressive. It was a good long story. I was really into it. Was there was there a botch at the end of that match on the top rope? There had to have been, right? Right where they both fell off. But they did it twice. That was the confusing part of that match. It was hard to do because Joe Coffey gets on top. Pete Dunn fell back into the ring, and Joe Coffey fell out. They fought a little more, got back into that position. Then both fell out on the same side. No clue what was supposed to happen. Yeah. It was a good main event, though. I mean, I th and again, watching a man's fingers be stretched in half like a, witchbo a wishbone. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I tapped, too. I tapped at home. And then, of then course, came out. <laughs> the big news. The big news. Not Walter. Well I guess not the that big news, like the normal size for a WWE news. That's pretty big news. Oh, I'm just saying because you don't like him anymore because he's 6'4", you heightest bastard. I still like him. It's just I wanted him to be a few inches taller. <laughs> <laughs> what was the cutoff mark where you were going to still enjoy Walter? 6'7"? Maybe, yeah. Like, I guess in my mind, like, because I've met Scott Hall, and I know he's always been listed as, like, 6'5". Like to me, like that's a big guy, but like a, a like a medium sized big guy for pro wrestling. 
But and just then keep guys in mind, like Nash and Strowman and Kane and Undertaker and stuff like that. Those are big guys. And, and I Walter's thought Walter was big. up there. And Walter is medium sized, apparently. But over in England, man, he's a giant motherfucker. And he is over as fuck. The whole crowd already singing his theme song as he's they walking kept in. his theme song. That made me happy. Oh, That's yeah. That's such that- a key component of his character. But it seemed like they're, because, uh, you know, ring comp, that wasn't on his pants, I don't believe. I know they're really going with the ring general thing. They tried to make it seem like maybe he's a maestro. <laughs> I know that jacket's awesome regardless. Oh, yeah. And that got me very, very excited to see Walter versus Pete Dunne. So Walter has to be the guy who ends Pete Dunne's title reign, right? He has to be. He has to be. Who, who, if it's not him, who else? And you know, if they're going to take that title off of Pete Dunn in a match against Walter, Pete Dunn's chest is going to be a different color by the end of that thing. He That is going to be... I mean, if he went 34 minutes with Joe Coffey, I would like to see him go longer with Walter. Or, you know, as long. Have that style match. Pete Dunn's chest is going to be hamburger. Oh, so excited for it. I bet Pete Dunn can wait a little bit. Joe Coffey took a nice boot to the face, too. Oh, yeah. He came back in to be like, hey, what the fuck's going on here? And then Walter just boots his head out. Walter says, this is what the fuck's going on. No, I'm here now. You're back of the line, sir. (laughs) Back to the jizz line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, So Garrett's not impressed with NXT UK. Though, another big one. Tony Storm, she won the ladies title. That's true. We can't forget about that because there's been a lot of negative shit that she's been dealing with lately, and that's a good moment for her. Yeah, I think that made everybody happy. Who doesn't like Tony Storm? I think she's one of the most enjoyable women in any of the WWE roster right now to watch. I just, I like NXT UK. I'm not, I like. I know you've been, we've been watching a lot more progress lately, so I've been getting used to the British strong style and the. European wrestling scene a little bit more, but uh, I think NXT UK is that's good stuff. I think a big thing for me with progress and the the difference between the two is progress. I only have to watch once or twice a month, and this is a weekly show now, so it's just adding more for me to be watching. It's more shit for me to be watching with some of the guys that I really really like from this other show that I love. So. I can tell that NXT UK is going to get me there. I think we're just going to have to go on a little journey together to get to that point. Yeah. I mean, when we started this podcast, did you expect this much workload to be put on you in the first year? As far as like content to watch so much content. I mean, it got to the point where I was like, I feel like I haven't been, you know, killing myself as much watching everything uh, since the new year. But I'm starting to get back into it, and it did make me realize I was missing it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it is a lot of stuff to watch, but it's stuff I enjoy watching, so I'm never going to be mad at watching all this stuff. Right. I don't know, man. Again, we did a long period of time where we weren't even watching Raw and SmackDown, and it's getting to be that time of the year, like you said, where there's going to be reasons to watch between that. But I guess... The, the the wrestling environment is changing with Kenny probably leaving New Japan, the formation of AEW, Ring of Honor is kind of going to be in flux coming up. So. Yeah, they're starting to sign uh, more Lucha guys. 
So yeah. it, it almost looks like Ring of Honor is going to almost completely change its style right now. Yeah. In a way that I'm very excited about. And this isn't even us really talking about <laughs> Impact, which is where you went to a couple of their shows last week. So, Which were great, but they're on, and I will not call it whatever it is because I don't remember. So they're on the Pioneer Network, if you ask me. The Pioneer Network? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's them, Little House on the Prairie, and watching Braun Strowman skin a deer after that. And how to churn butter tutorial videos. Well, I mean, it just makes sense. That's the lead-in. Because I go there to learn to churn the butter. I stick for that sweet, sweet pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, Derek, I, I, mean, watched, I spent my entire weekend watching something that wasn't wrestling. And you are itching to talk about it? Well, yes and no. Have you ever watched something and really, really enjoyed it and then found out a piece of information about it that made you uncomfortable to share it with others? No. That's very specific. No, I've never had that happen. I most of the things that I do with my life, most of them, not all of them, I have no problem, at least in a joking context, talking about them later on. So what could you have possibly been watching? Are you in trouble? No, I'm not in trouble. It's not like... <laughs> is, the, is the government going to be on so your I was ass on now? this site watching the Paul Blart movies, and yeah. it turns out it was the dark web. I bought some cocaine. I'm going to jail. What were you watching? Okay, so I was on Netflix, and I started this show called You, which is about a man stalking a girl. Hmm. Uh, It was very riveting. I enjoyed every second I watched it. And then once I finished the series, I watched all 10 episodes in the 24-hour time period. And then I thought, where did this show air? It doesn't have the Netflix logo on it. Who made this for me to watch? I looked it up. Uh, Derek, this was a Lifetime series in uh, September. And was this based on true events or something? No. It was just a... <laughs> it was just a See, Lifetime upset series. You got, you got sucked in by a Lifetime series. Derek, the channel that is essentially Violent Hallmark tricked me into watching a show... <laughs> Uh, I and hope the people at WWE hear this. <laughs> violent More violent hallmark. hallmark. Less Tra- jizz. Trademark that. Uh, but this show is, if you've ever watched the show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. This is the dramatic version of the character Dennis uh, just trying to have sex with this girl. And he's doing real creepy shit along the way. I'm not spoiling this for anybody because you know what? I, at this point, fuck it. I liked it. I'm going to watch season two. (laughs) But you're uncomfortable admitting that it's a lifetime series. Well, you know, they're not known for quality and it made me nervous to recommend it to anybody because I enjoyed it so deeply for so many hours. And I feel like if it sucks, that means I wasted my time and people are going to think ill of me. All things being equal, would you be more comfortable recommending this violent Hallmark series called Glass? What is it? Or you, sorry, not Glass. My bad. That's a movie. Uh, would you be more comfortable recommending pro wrestling or this or you? Like, which one do you feel like walking up to a stranger and putting your name on the line for? <laughs> oh, if I put my name on some pro wrestling, I'd have to put it on something good because. People are going to be skeptical already. If I tell them you can watch this thing on Netflix, they're going to 
but once again, Netflix doesn't mean quality. Like, if Netflix were a person, they would have the weirdest fucking movie collection you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Like, you'd go to their house and be like, oh, shit, you have a couple of the Avengers movies, but you also have the entire $5 bin from every Walmart in the tri-state area. The last really good thing I checked out on Netflix was a couple weeks ago. I I got around to watching Bill Murray stories. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, I would recommend it. I got a little teary-eyed. I'm sure you've heard... Some some tidbits about this one. Oh, I've heard the tales of Bill Murray. Well, the, the tales about Bill Murray, but they, the guy made a documentary finding out if the tales about Bill Murray are actually true. I thought, and he, is it not true? It's true. The oh, stories it's damn are true. true. And there's even more there. Like, there's it's even more unbelievable things that are true. So if you haven't, I would check that out, too. It's not pro wrestling related. Derek, of all the things you enjoy in the world, pro wrestling is way up there. Ghosts, pretty up there as well. Ghostbusters, way up there. They announced Ghostbusters 3 today, even released a teaser trailer. What are your thoughts? How you feeling? Yeah, that escalated pretty quickly. It went from last night me seeing a, I want to say like an Entertainment Weekly or something, something like that tweeted that that was going to happen. And I saw that it had the blue check mark, so I knew it, it couldn't be bullshit. Couldn't possibly be bullshit. But I retweeted it, moved on, was not expecting to wake up today and see that they had a teaser available and that uh, Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman's son, is going to be doing the directing. And it's a direct sequel to Ghostbusters 1 and 2. And the thing is, I'm excited about it, but I still need to find out more details. Because we all know how you felt about the last one that wasn't that bad. Yeah, I didn't like the last one. I think a lot of people didn't like the last one. This is coming from the guy who doesn't think women should be allowed to compete in the Elimination Chamber. I have never said that. That is a complete fabrication. That's fake news. Derek has said that to me many, many times in private. I have never said that once. There, If anything, there, there need to be more women's Elimination Chamber matches. I'd rather watch that than Jizz Ribbit on Raw. The next one is just going to be one person starts jizzes in every single pod and you have to defeat (laughs) all of them. It's like a boss battle at the end of a video game. You got to you have to defeat the cave of 12 jizzes before you can pass. That's probably something you can do on a video game. But I will tell you this. I've been meaning to update you this on uh, this for a while because you know how my roommate got me WWE 2K19 for Christmas. I will say that I played it, and everything about it's pretty goddamn awesome. The pin and submission system is fucking horrendous. It is so hard. You can take the slightest amount of damage and get pinned if you don't time your kick out perfectly. And that is why I never won a single match. In the last what three of those games. <laughs> is that the is that the real reason? I thought you just couldn't figure out the controls. Well, a big part of the controls is figuring out how to pin. Couldn't get there. Has that been the issue for you? I mean, that's that's one of them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've had matches where I've kicked the holy crap out of my opponent, and they do, like, a vertical suplex on me, and they go for a cover. And once you miss those first two attempts at kicking out and that tiny little notch of a space, you get pinned... Way too easily. 
Well, it sounds it's like a, the problem is you have it not set on uh, 2K19 mode. You have it set on like 1965 mode, and you have it where you know that Buddy Rogers suplex really, <laughs> really takes the wind out of you. Where that's the finish. That's the, yeah. That was a high spot, my man. Yeah. No, it, it it's it has the game has all the bells and whistles. The graphics look great. The entrances are amazing. They have like different eras of characters. It's just goddamn. And the thing is, I picked it up and I was able to learn how to wrestle the matches really quick, like I've always been able to do. But goddamn, man, it's so deflating to have this epic match where you're on the verge of beating somebody and they do one move and go for a cheap ass cover, and that's the end of the match. I don't know. Have you had any luck with Fire Pro Wrestling lately? Have you been practicing that? Derek, I've not touched that but one time <laughs> since I got back from All In. Uh, that will just sit on my shelf and never be touched again. I'm too dumb. Uh, but speaking of video games, uh, Andrew Hendren, he sent me a picture on Facebook uh, of somebody had photoshopped WCW NWO Revenge on the N64, but just had it as AEW Revenge with the character, the AEW guys. Yeah. I had yet to even consider that we're going to get to play a video game as those guys at some point. I didn't realize exactly how much money the cons actually have. Yeah. I, once like I found out they have more money billion. than Vince McMahon. Yeah. They have like serious financial backing. I was just gonna say if I had realized, I mean, I, I mean, I knew they were getting some serious backing. They had to, it had to be somebody from the start, like a pro wrestling promotion, and, and be able to sign guys like Jericho and lure SCU away from Ring of Honor. I, I mean, I figured it was a, it was a big deal. But once somebody put up how much WWE has as a net worth, like Vince McMahon has as a net worth, and well, what how much these guys have, I was like, Jesus Christ. And it seems like they may have been in the picture a little longer than we thought, because today on uh, Jericho's podcast, he talked a lot about the AEW stuff and the deals and talking to Vince and everything. And he was saying that at All In, he actually, you remember he had to get on a private jet to get to his show in Kansas City? Yeah. He said that was Tony Khan's private jet that he flew there. Really? So Tony yeah. Khan was in the house? Yeah. And had enough in that, you know... He was helping them out at that point. Wow. But did you so hear this has been anything? in the works for a while. That's kind of the way it seems. And did you hear what WWE's deal to the Young Bucks was? I, I heard nothing about that. What? Oh, my God. Their deal was fucking crazy. So what they got offered was basically, it sounded like the type of money AJ Styles makes, which in WWE, I have to imagine, is pretty, pretty tasty. Right. Then... They were going to, what was it, sign a two- or three-year contract, but they had six months to decide to back out. So they could be on the show for up to six months, and if they didn't like the way they were booked, they could drop out. And from what I understand, no one has ever had that in their contract there. Wow. Because that was probably their primary concern. And like, then, yeah, you might do something with us at the start, and then you'll fuck it up four months in. On top of it, they were going to get let them uh, continue doing Being the Elite, but as a weekly show on the network. Wow. That's a hell of an offer to turn down. That means they must, you know, I mean, obviously they're the presidents of this company now, but that is huge for those two. Yeah. That, I mean, that, I mean, that's, I mean, I guess it depends. We'll, we'll eventually get the details of what they're doing 
in AEW and how much they're making and, and how much creative control everybody has. But getting WWE to bend that much for you and then still turning it down says a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, while we're talking about that Jericho podcast, though, he said a couple other things I thought were interesting. He did tell Vince he was going to AEW. And I guess he... I don't think he said he told him before the all-in thing, but he said basically what had happened is there were several instances of Chris Jericho getting booked for something and them calling him and saying, would you do this? Him saying, yeah, if you want to do that, I'm in. And them just never calling him back after that. To Jericho, WWE did that. Correct. And it sounds like after about three times of that, he was like, fuck it. I'm just going to show up at all-in and do this. So basically they, they were ding-dong ditching him. That's kind of the way he made it sound. Like, it sounded like there's no bad blood between him and Vince, but it did sound like he was like, what are you calling me? You're setting up this match with The Undertaker with me. You're taking it away. Then I guess he said he had even proposed an idea to Vince to have New Japan versus WWE and have Seth with his Intercontinental title take on Jericho with his Intercontinental title. With Jericho making that transition easier because he was a former WWE superstar. Yeah, and, you know, he's like, we could have done some version of the match where neither of us won, but it was still an awesome match, and both promotions benefit from it. He said after we talked about it, you know, he just never talked to me about it again. So now he's an AEW. So Vince forced all this. (laughs) Although, you get, I mean, credit them if they were making the offers to Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks like they were. But they were tr- they were trying to put the kibosh on this. And have you been reading what AEW's contracts are looking like? I haven't heard the details. I did see the thing for uh, just, just a little while ago about supposedly the revival have asked for their release. Yeah, uh, I would highly has doubt that been that, confirmed. Um, I mean, it's just on the dirt sheets and was announced today that they've asked for it. It hasn't said they're released. I have a feeling they're going to have a hard time getting fully released from there, but. The deal that AEW is offering, they're offering different types of contracts. They said they're offering one-day contracts, so they would just sign guys to be on one show. He said they're offering like six-month contracts, three-year exclusives. And with the exclusives, some guys are going to get special permission. Like it said Jericho is going to be in New Japan. That he's ex- right. He can he, still work New Japan. Yeah, that he's exclusive to AEW, but can still work over there. They said Joey Janela is going to be able to run all the spring break events that he wants. That Jericho's still going to be able to do his cruises. Uh, it sounds like the health insurance part. You know, you're just going to get it if you get hurt in their ring. But so it, like they're, it, they're so like you're covered if you get hurt. Yeah, at one of their events. You know, right. But it just seems like they're giving everybody like all of the talent a little more wiggle room to kind of go where they want. And it was announced today. We're recording this on Wednesday uh, a few hours ago on Twitter. Cody, the Young Bucks and Hangman put they each tweeted one word. See you in L.A. And then Bar Wrestling tweeted eyes and then Bar Wrestling sold out. So the elite is going to be at Bar Wrestling tonight. So is SCU. I'm guessing that this week on Being the Elite, we're probably going to see some signings that happen at Bar Wrestling. Could Joey Ryan be one of those guys? I think he would be. I mean, he was a huge part of All In. Why wouldn't... How fucking cool is that, though, if Joey Ryan ends up on national television? Right. Have have any uh, 
Has there been any news about the TV deal stuff? Like, what's going on with that? Uh, still nothing other than what Jericho said, which is he wouldn't have signed if there hadn't been a TV deal in place. And he said they're talking to three different people. And he said, if you heard even one of the three names, you'd lose your mind. Really? And then there's also the rumor, like a lot of the rumors are saying TNT. Uh, but then there was another rumor that Double or Nothing was going to be possibly produced by HBO. Yeah, I, I think you texted me something about that, that HBO had gotten involved with them. If what if Double or Nothing is on HBO? That's huge. Has pro wrestling ever been on a on HBO? I mean, that's a very credible channel with a lot of money. Yeah, I don't know. That that is a big deal though, because I mean HBO does the big like they do the boxing fights, right? Yeah, they have uh like yeah what would be pay per views, but on their channel. Good lord, dude. WWE's on the way up. Indie wrestling doing great everything's awesome tell the people where to find us ladies and gentlemen if this is the first episode of the podcast you've listened to i'm so sorry you had to hear about jizz so much however jizz has been a frequent subject on this podcast since the beginning not actual jizz the character jizz you can watch him in wwe but if you want to watch us if you want to listen to us you can reach out to us on social media, at WrestleHangout on Facebook, at WrestleHangout on Twitter, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. You could also do us a major favor and hop on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Leave us a kind review. And if you leave us that nice review, you can pick out something, anything that your heart desires, as long as you can tie it into pro wrestling, even in the slightest way. And after you leave that review, you can tell us to watch something. And we will watch it, and we'll talk about it on this podcast, just for you. You get to hear us review whatever it is that you submit to us. Isn't that a nice little treat we give back to you? Oh, that's such a nice treat. And hey, you know what? Tell your friends. This Hangout, we could use some more people. Uh, there's never, you know, there's always an open space on the couch for you guys. We love hearing back from you. Like we said, reach out to us on social media. And if you want to reach out to us personally, he's at Gartet on Twitter. I'm at Halloween Halpin. On Twitter, we love talking pro wrestling. We do social media stuff quite a bit. We have fun on there. This has been a fun one, Garrett. There's a lot of good things happening in pro wrestling right now. I'm excited to see where things are headed. Oh, there's so much. We got the Royal Rumble coming up. Who knows what we're gonna, what news we're gonna find out this week? Because every day it's something else. This is. Oh, I didn't even get to talk about this. Fucking Silas Young and PCO did a goddamn Canadian Destroyer on the apron over the weekend at a Ring of Honor show, and somehow once again. PCO, it looked like it, they went to the floor, Derek. They missed the apron, <laughs> sent, sent PCO crashing straight to the floor on his fucking head. Looks like he hit his head on the apron on the way down. The man is indestructible. What the fuck? He's indestructible, and at that age, that's extra impressive. He's like, he truly is the fucking movie Angels in the Outfield. He has the, a ghost of Christopher <laughs> Lloyd that's blocking his head. There is some boy that's going to get... <laughs> that's going to get to have his new dad if PCO wins the heavyweight championship at one time. But to get there, he has to not kill himself first. And these angels, they're working their magic, baby. And Dermot Mulroney, he's going to take that little kid home. (laughs) Is there anything else we need to add in this episode or we need to say goodbye to these poor people? Just hit our goddamn music.